You're about to listen to Johnny and Hawk, covering all things Oklahoma sports, from the prep ranks to the college level, as well as the Thunder and Minor League Sports Tulsa. Now, let's get to your hosts, Johnny Resendez and Dan Hawk. Welcome to another edition of Johnny and the Hawk Podcast. I'm Dan Hawk. I'm with my co-host, my partner in crime, Mr. Johnny Resendez. The Super Bowl is set. Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Did you ever imagine, out of all the years of watching the game, being a fan, sitting with your parents, that you would see the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl? Never. And I'm pretty sure none of the fans thought this uh, day would happen either. I mean, you thought going into the season, especially in the AFC, you had the Chiefs, you had the Ravens, people were high on the Bills, obviously. But the Bengals, especially year two, Joe Burrow coming off an injury, no one thought of this. Whoever betted on this and said that they got it right, I would love to see your ticket because I think you're full of BS if you think this was going to be the Super Bowl matchup. The Rams maybe with the acquisitions of, you know, Matthew Stafford, a few more offseason pieces. Odell Beckham. A a little bit. Well, OBJ was a kind of a midseason type of acquisition. I'm talking preseason. People were high on the Rams before. The Bengals? I was absolutely shocked. It's the year of the underdogs, Dan. And for some weird reason, I'm as excited as I've ever been for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I am stoked to see the Bengals make it to the Super Bowl because they are, I would put them in the classification as more of a historic franchise. They've been around for a long time. And it's been 33 years since they played in this big dance. And it's cool to see a team led by a second-year player Take them to the promised land. No, yeah, Joey B is definitely the difference maker there. And it's so funny how we always thought the Bengals was like, there's always tears in the NFL. There's always the, for the lack of a better term, I'm just going to put college lingo here, the the blue bloods of the NFL. You got the Packers, you got the Steelers, the Patriots. Uh, I mean, historically speaking, the Dallas Cowboys. But you had that bottom tier, too, where you talk about the Jets, the Bills, historically, the Browns, the Jaguars. Cincinnati was starting to veer towards that type of that type of class for a long time. And now within two years, two years, Dan, of a star quarterback, they're going to compete for the championship. It's crazy. And I don't know if you saw that game, Dan. But they had such a big comeback. That defense absolutely stopped Patrick Mahomes in the second half. And Joey B just lit him up. You, I mean, that guy is probably one of the top five coolest, the definition of coolest human being on the planet. It, what's also impressive is they came from an 18-point hole to stun those Kansas City Chiefs in overtime. On the road. Which the coin toss, they lost. And everybody thought, oh, here we go again. This is the Bills and Chiefs all over again for the divisional round. And then they were able to pull off some magic and shock Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and I don't think that really changes anyone's opinion on the overtime rules. I definitely think that should definitely be something similar to college. Maybe not start at the 25-yard line, but every single – what I would have wanted – for the overtime every single team starts on their own 20 yard line and then just go from there back and forth back and forth back and forth none of this first touchdown wins the game on the opening drive none of that but if you saw the game dan and you saw that the chiefs won the coin toss that stadium 
went absolutely berserk. And within the next 10 to 20 minutes, it went absolutely silent, silent thanks to Joey B. Yeah, and it, the crazy thing is, remember, this is a quarterback that was drafted with the second or the first overall pick, excuse me, and they only won two games in 2019. Mm-hmm. Two games. I think Joe Burrow is the future of the NFL, along with Patrick Mahomes. I'm not taking it away. But look how dominating the AFC is going to be for quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, and now Joe Burrow. It's, gonna... it's, it's really cool because off of that one, uh, another topic that we're going to touch on is one of the all-time greats appears to finally be retiring. That is Tom Brady. So it looks like this new class of NFL quarterbacks will be taking over. And honestly, I don't think we're going to be like, man, I miss Tom Brady. Because I think no. all the new faces no. that we have a part of all this, you won't forget about Tom Brady. But those records that he put up will probably be shattered by at least one of these, some of those records. Right. And we'll talk about Tom Brady here in a little bit. But it seemed like during his reign, it was the Patriots against everybody else. That's how the vibe was in the AFC for the longest time. Now, it's just an open playing field of stud QB after stud QB. We mentioned Allen, Mahomes, uh, Herbert, um, Joey B. We didn't even mention Lamar Jackson in there. We didn't mention, who knows, maybe once they get the right coaching staff in place, who knows if Trevor Lawrence can possibly be in that category. Uh, there's just so many other teams in the AFC who just with just one QB can make a huge difference. Who knows if Denver, whether they're going to make a run for Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. Who knows? It's going to be a really stacked uh, conference which in years past, it, like I said, it'd be just Patriots, Tom Brady, and everyone else. So it's going to be really cool to see all these matchups that we're going to be talking about for future, future, future AFC Championship games that we did with Peyton and and Brady. It would probably uh, go with another Joey B and Patrick Mahomes AFC Championship game. I would think in the future, maybe another Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes matchup, maybe Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow. Who cares? All of these all of these potential matchups are going to be absolutely sweet. And I'm so glad that we're finally able to see a team who would not normally be in the Super Bowl finally have a chance. Yeah, and I also want to reiterate on that 18-point rally, I got to give you a little history lesson here. The last time that we saw that in an AFC Championship game, don't know if you saw this or read this, 2006, the Colts took on the New England Patriots, 36-34. Uh... to how about this? Do you know who the quarterbacks were in that contest? Peyton Manning. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. And the Colts went on to win the Super Bowl. Because remember, they played the Chicago Bears winning 29-17. to And that was Peyton Manning's first Super Bowl. Right. Absolutely. And the fact that Joey B. I, I read something just absolutely insane about Joe Burrow. How he's a consummate winner. I mean, you think about this. He has a chance. If he wins the Super Bowl, he will be the first ever quarterback in history to win the Heisman Trophy, a national championship, and a Super Bowl. And he's going to probably be able to do that within the next – he's probably going to do that in a span of three years. That's insane. It's never been heard of. That right there is an accomplishment all on their own. The Bengals got uh, the, the diamond in the rough with Joe Burrow. And right now, he's a franchise-changing QB, and the Bengals are going to be good for a long time. Well, and another 
fascinating thing about this is a couple uh, a couple things here. First off, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase both played together to win a national championship. So I take another perspective on this in the regards of you got two guys that have already won the highest stage of their career in college winning a national championship on an undefeated team with LSU. Now they're taking that set of talents off to the NFL, and it looks like they could win a a Super Bowl with the Cincinnati Bengals. One other note on that, head coach Zach Taylor, Oklahoma Ties, went to Norm, uh, is from the city of Norman, played for Butler Community College, Wake Forest, and finished up his career at Nebraska. So we have Oklahoma Ties in this Super Bowl along with players on the Bengals roster that had played and have been a part in the state of Oklahoma. So shout out to my boy Trey Flowers for sure. Yes. Let's go on the other side though with the Rams. The Rams finally changed the narrative or I would I should say Matthew Stafford finally changed his narrative not being able to win and everything. We all know that wasn't true. Matthew Stafford that gl- gun slinger absolute stud of a QB has always been good. It's just that he had a lion in his helmet and it was one of the worst franchises in the history of the NFL having to just, you know, he had to carry that team for the longest time along with Calvin Johnson. Right. Uh, But now that he has all the pieces he needs, he has the coaching staff, he has the culture. This Rams team looks absolutely stacked. They look like they're ready to just, I think right now you could obviously say, or you could make the argument that the Rams are probably going to be the favorite in this Super Bowl. They're at home, even though I don't really think there's that much Rams fans to begin with in L.A. But I digress on that. It's going to be a really fun matchup because you got the Rams. They got such a a a dynamic offense. And then you got that defense with Aaron Donald. And we know how much offensive line. Don't forget Von Miller. Von Miller, too, and Jalen Ramsey. It's like all three levels of the defense is going to be stacked with at least one all-pro. And we all know how sometimes that Cincinnati offensive line isn't really doesn't really play its best sometimes. You're going to tell me that uh, double-teaming Aaron Donald is going to stop anything? It, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be fun. You know, this Super Bowl, I, I – I look at this Super Bowl as it's two teams that no one predicted to be playing in this Super Bowl. I think some people would have the Rams, but the Bengals? No. Not a chance. It will be the lowest-seeded Super Bowl matchup in history. Put that in perspective. The Bengals entered the postseason as the number four seed. They knocked off those Chiefs in that wild overtime battle in the AFC Championship game that we just spoke on. And the Rams also entered as a four seed. They had to beat the San Francisco 49ers to ma- make it up in this game. Just to give you a little history lesson on this as well, it'll be the lowest playoff seed eating since Super Bowl X. And you should remember this one because you're a fan of one of those teams. The Dallas Cowboys taking on the Steelers with the Steelers winning 21-17. to 1976 was the last time that we had this lowest of seeds playing for the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, 1970s Cowboys team was the best, but they lost that one. Tom Landry, Tom Landry. eventually right. won that one. But the Steelers also had one of the scariest defenses in the history of ever. Anyways, the Rams and the Our Bengals match up. right now, minus three and a half. Do you minus know? three and a half. Minus against three and a half. The Rams? Correct. Yeah, it's going to be really. The Rams are listed as a minus three and a half against the Bengals. Right. And you know, it's going to be interesting because like we, there's so many storylines in this game. But something that I feel like people may not give Joey B the credit is that he has been in this stage before where all the 
lights, all the cameras are on him, and they're going to expect him to perform at the highest level. He's already done that with the national championship. Matthew Stafford hasn't done that. This is his first ever real playoff run that he's ever had. So far, he's been he's shown that he could do it at a high level. We don't know. We know that he has the arm. We know he's got the coach with Sean McVay. We don't know if, you know, he could do it in the biggest of the biggest stages in the Super Bowl yet. If he does, I would say Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer if he wins this Super Bowl. Are, are you disappointed for the Chiefs? No. Because- no. Not at all. So you're completely fine with the Bengals? No, 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 not at all. Do you know why it has nothing to do with the actual team? Because the Chiefs showed their grit this season. They showed, you saw by like week five, we were ready to write off the Chiefs as, you know, they they lost it. They're a shell of themselves. They're not going to go to another Super Bowl again. What happened? They went on a tear the rest of the regular season. Patrick Mahomes played like Patrick Mahomes. The defense stepped up and the offense got its rhythm back in order. I'm just tired, Dan, especially living here in Tulsa. You already know, tired of all of these bandwagon Chiefs fans that came out of nowhere saying that the Chiefs are going to come back. The Chiefs are going to come back and they're going to win the Super Bowl. Jonathan Cooper, shout out to him. He's the (laughs) real Chiefs fan right there. He is diehard Chiefs Nation to the bone. But all the rest of the people, and I, you know who you are, all the rest of the people here who think that they're Chiefs fans, I'm not so sure if I feel sorry for them one bit. No, I, I don't either because of the way the Chiefs have been able to play. And then, honestly, like you're not that far removed from a Super Bowl title, number one. And number two, you're still there in the fact that in years to come, with a franchise QB like Patrick Mahomes, you don't have to worry about figuring out things as to what's going to happen on your offense. Now, you do need to clean up your defense if you are a Kansas City Chief. For the Niners, I hate to say it, I think you're a quarterback away. I think Jimmy G is a heck of a quarterback, but I think you're a quarterback away. Yeah, with Jimmy G, it's really there's always just been this argument whether it's Jimmy G. And it's frustrating for him because look who he had to sit behind for so long. It was Brady. Yeah, that's right. He got his spot. He took him to the Super Bowl, but you could you could argue that it was a system. It was a defense. He was just the one, the game manager who didn't make mistakes. Obviously, um, you know, uh, coming into this game, I really thought I was on Jimmy G's side the whole way because he won games. Yeah, he may not have been the best. Who cares? Who cares? He was a winner. He's won playoff games. He's won more playoff games in, like, two seasons of the playoffs than the Cowboys have in 25 freaking years. <laughs> Anyways, back to the actual subject at hand. The, the, the 49ers have a really interesting decision to make, especially with Trey Lance sitting right there future of the franchise, re- a lot of potential right there. Um, but at the same time, like, Jimmy G, like, people always say, like, oh, his numbers and everything, you know, he's just not that good. People always forget about the intangibles. And for someone to have the intangibles to complete, could like, continue to win, continue to make it, going to the NFC Championship game is a hard thing to do, Dan. It's an extremely hard thing to do. And Jimmy G has gone to that game twice now. Um you could also, you know, attribute it to the team. Like, I mean, you had the an amazing running game. You had a, a player like Debo Samuel, who I'm pretty sure no one has seen a player like Debo before. And then you obviously got George Kittle. And then on the other side of the ball, that defense is just absolutely stacked. But who I- knows? Who knows what's going to happen with the 49ers right now? If I were them, 
honestly. You'd go to Trey? No, I would stay put because you saw what they did. It was like kind of like up, like like I said, it was they had the similar thing with the Chiefs. An up and down season. They got hot at the absolutely right time. And if you're winning playoff games like that, what else do you need to change? I mean, obviously with Jimmy G, like people are going to argue the game plan, like it's the game plan that wins the game. It's Kyle Shanahan and everything. Jimmy G doesn't make that much mistakes. He made a terrible one that cost him the game for sure. And I am positive that this loss is going to definitely change the narrative when it comes to Jimmy G. Yeah. But I I still think he – I mean, the dude has made it twice to the NFC Championship game. You can't say that for a lot of QBs. You can't. And so that's why when I say you're a quarterback away, even if you had a role with Jimmy Garoppolo, I still think you're fine. But I don't know if he's the spark – that Trey would be able to bring to this mm. offense, but w- w- you're only going to know until you actually start playing him, and that's just going to be the way it is for the future. Right. Now let's get to the topic that we mentioned earlier in the show. An all-time, the all-time greatest quarterback in the history of professional football supposedly has retired, Dan. Yeah, I cannot believe that Derek Carr has finally hung it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tom Brady supposedly has called it a career. Now, it's not completely official yet. He he said that his agent said that he's still mulling over this decision. But if he does retire, the list of his accolades are ridiculous. Seven Super Bowl titles, five Super Bowl MVPs. Mm. Three-time NFL Most Valuable Player, two-time mm. Offensive Player of the Year, an NFL Comeback of the Year, three-time First Team, 15-time Pro Bowl, and I'm done listing the awards because they're insane. But I will give you some stats. 11,317 career passing attempts. 84,520 passing yards. 624 career passing touchdowns. 7,263 pass completions. And you know what's something else that you, those numbers probably aren't going to show unless you really watched football this season? You could argue he was the best player in the NFL this, this season. season. This season. This season at age 44. And, you know, I started to watch football in the very early 2000s, right, when I was just a little kid. I've, I don't know the sport of football without Tom Brady. It's That's how crazy it is. That's how weird it's going to be to see. The year was 2000 when he played his first ever game. 22 years ago with 2000. the Patriots. I was two. That's insane. <laughs> I, I mean, when you think about all the accolades, all the statistics, all the Super Bowl wins, those were you know, crazy memories as a football fan. But here's the part that I really think cements Tom Brady's greatness, Dan. Tom Brady is 44 years old. What is that old saying that we've always been talking about? Father time is undefeated. Not anymore. Not anymore. Tom Brady at 44 years old was the oldest active player in the NFL by four years this season. He was definitely the oldest quarterback to play the majority of the season at 44. Tom Brady beat Father Time. He absolutely demolished Father Time. Yes, and and arguably, like you said, this could be his best season that he ever played. 
the most passing yards, 5,316. Looking at his stats here, there's only one other year that he put up 5,000 yards, and that is 2011 with the Patriots. Yeah, and uh, you know. In a year that they won the AFC Championship, but they lost to the Giants and good old Eli Manning in the Super Bowl. Right, and you know, selfishly, we're going to want Tom Brady to have one more season, just one more. But uh, I'm looking at this article from The Ringer by Denny Hayfitz. I really hope I said that right. This line really, I mean, it, it really stuck with me here. If Tom Brady ends his career right now, he's going to walk away, not limp away. At 45, that's definitely something that he's really thought about in his mind, is making sure that he has a he has an intact body to be able to live the rest of his life in a really good way, have a good quality of life with his kids, with his family. And, you know, he's done everything he's needed to, for to like cement the legacy that he is the goat, he has nothing more to do. So why would you have this like big send off tour uh, of just one more season, win or lose? It's it's just about you know the farewell tour and everything like that. I don't think Tom Brady really needs that. I don't think he wants that either. That's why he's you know the the hundred percent. I I totally agree with you. I don't think he wants to be a Ben Roethlisberger and every week. Hey, this is the last time you no, played yeah. here at Heinz Field. This is the last time you played here at Arrowhead. This is the last time you played at the Hard Rock. I don't see him wanting to have that accolade next to him. He's not a Derek Jeter type where they want to be treated like here's all your souvenirs from each venue. Right, and I'm pretty sure. Like I'm so glad you brought up Big Ben. Because you can make the argument Big Ben should have retired two years ago. Because uh, even though the Steelers made the playoffs, no one wanted to see Big Ben like that. No, no. he couldn't He couldn't throw the ball downfield. And it's really, really hard. Tom Brady may have been able to do it, but it's really hard to retire on top. Peyton Manning did that in his last game in Super Bowl 50. But if you saw that season the whole, t- the whole way, Peyton Manning was a shell of himself. I mean, that was just just the Broncos having an all-time, literally uh, a top 10 all-time defense, shutting down Cam in the Super Bowl that led to the Broncos winning it. I I think Peyton Manning had like less than 200 yards passing in that Super Bowl. Tom Brady didn't want that because he knows. I feel like this is more of like an ego thing, really, for Tom Brady because he knows, I bet you he knows, he could play at a high level past 45. But the more hits he takes at that age, no amount of special whatever he's taken is going to probably help him with the hits he's probably going to take from 23, 24-year-olds, which would probably explain why he needs to decide right now the, that he's going to retire. The only the only way I see him coming back is they get him some weapons around him. The Antonio experience didn't go completely the way that they wanted. And the only other way that I see him coming back is if he really would like to get 90,000 yards career passing. That's the only record that I feel like he's missing as right. an individual. Right. And I he, would I think he would he's up there in age, but the what with that passing yard record, the one thing that I think he would really like to see happen is that he could reach 100,000 yard passing and I don't think he'll get it. Right. And I think, you know, you're looking at four seasons right there and that's going to put him at the age of 50. And I don't see him do it. I don't think he's going to do that. No one's been able to do that. No one probably will want to be able to do that. The, I mean, just think about the mental grind, the physical grind. I mean, at age, like what, maybe not 50, 48, 47. Quarterback, 
that's unheard of. And that honestly sounds a little bit too dangerous, Dan. Sure. A little too dangerous. Um, and, you know, had the Bucks stayed healthy, we'd probably have a different conversation. Had there been no Antonio Brown drama, we would have had a different conversation. Um, Tom Brady probably would have been playing for the NFC Championship uh, last night. Sure. So who knows what would have happened. But what's done is done, and I feel like Tom Brady can hang his hat, hang his up, hang up his cleats, and say, you know what, I did what I what I had to do. I feel sorry for the Bucks though, so, because that was a changing, a franchise changing thing too. And now they're back to square one. So now let's put our final topic in bed, which I didn't get to see much of the Royal Rumble, but I will say this: I'm glad that I read about it and looked at it the highlights and whatnot i do think in my own opinion i love the wwe but to me this was a bad decision to go up against nfl playoffs but the winners of the royal rumble on the men's side brock lesnar Mm -hmm. and on the women's side a surprise entrance and number 28 ronda flippin rousey comes back to win the women's side What's your take on both of these? So with Ronda, I you know the women's division has been kind of like depleted with all of those cuts that WWE's been sure. doing. So Ronda really needed to come in, step up, and have some star power. She's the star that definitely elevates the women's division. Whoever she faces, whether it's Becky, whether it's Charlotte Flair, I think is going to be a really, really interesting matchup. Who knows? After how long has it been? Like two years, I think so, that she's been out of wrestling. Who knows if uh, you know she'll she's improved in ring if she's improved with her promos or whatever, but that doesn't really matter because it's gonna be it's gonna be Ronda Rousey wrestling, you know. And you know, veering away from the Rousey winning, I mean, this uh, women's Royal Rumble, um, you had some you, you know you had some pretty good like stars and everything like that. It's also crazy seeing Mickey James there as the Impact Women's yeah, Champion. Yeah, that one was really shocking because she carried the Knockout Championship coming that out. That is something I never thought I would see. Never, never. Now, here's the thing. Will we see a WWE guy going to an Impact show Posit- or an AEW well, show? Historicness when it comes to wrestling. And, you know, we're, we're not going to stay too long on wrestling because we've hit our time limit for our podcast this time. But uh, with that, I think Vince or Trips, who is, who's ever the, doing the booking these days, I think that they're looking at AEW is really giving them fits. I think that's a real thing right now. And so I think they're looking at this of the glory days when ECW called up to Vince, meaning Paul Heyman, hey, do you want us to help you out? You're in Philly. I got some guys. Let's do a cross-promotional thing. And that's exactly what I see out of Mickey James. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this may be, like, calculated on Vince's thing. He doesn't want any competition. He doesn't want something like WCW happening again. And it's looking like it. It's going to happen. Instead, he's like, hey, you know what? Let's let's work together. Let's let's make a show, and let's give people what they want. Let's do some cross-promotion. But in that, the back of his mind, he's like, I don't want to go broke again. And with that, though, Mickey James is very well known in the WWE. Absolutely. This is not something that she's like, whoa, I've never seen this person before. Right. She obviously wrestled for WWE back in the day when she was partnered up with Trish Stratus. Right. So I'm not looking at this as a complete shocker. No, she did not, you know, win. She only eliminated one indiv- individual, and she was eliminated by Lita. Yeah. 
So you got two individuals that have known each other clear back when they began wrestling in their journey. So it's in, in the regards of a trust factor. Right. And and I'm fine with her getting eliminated by Lita because of the fact that it's not an up and comer where they squashed her. It's not. It's a good elimination right. on that side of things. And I'll say this one last thing uh, about the you know cross promotion before we get to the men's rumble. Um, you know, I, I think Mickey James, like you said, is was a staple in WWE for a long time. But I feel like if they really want to make a huge impact on the wrestling world. You would get these, uh, I like to call them anti-WWE guys. Mm. The guys like Kenny Omega, guys like Jay Lethal, guys like, uh, who's someone else? Someone who's never been in the WWE, the, the Young Bucks. Guys who never been in the WWE and, quite frankly, don't want to be in the WWE for whatever reason. If they can cross-promote those guys then you're talking about a whole new landscape of wrestling that we have not seen in a long, long time ever since the Territory era. That excites me as a wrestling fan. But anything that excites you as a wrestling fan, especially when it comes to Vince McMahon, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, and, and one, a couple other notes on the women's side of the Royal Rumble. Ivory, Hall of Famer, Brie Bella, Lita, and Mighty Molly also participated in the Rumble as well. Brie Bella eliminating three wrestlers. Nikki Bella eliminating two, lead eliminating one on that side of things. On the men's side, I thought it was a heck of a Royal Rumble. Nice to see some randomness with Johnny Knoxville, mm. Bad Bunny, as well as Shane Mack in it. But I always look at this as two folds. One, it's unique. But then two, I look at this in the regards of it just tells you where the roster is right now on the WWE. When you have three individuals, besides Shane, if you want to lump Shane in as a wrestler, fine. Because he was a wrestler. I would say so. I but would say Bad so. But with Bad Bunny and Johnny Knoxville, yes, it's inter it's entertaining for the fans. I don't have anything against it. But it is clearly showing you as a fan they do not have the roster that they once did. Yeah, with Bad Bunny, I mean, Bad Bunny, give he him some credit. Two people. Give him some credit. He's really, really trained in wrestling. He's really put in his due diligence to make sure that he's just not someone just flailing right there. Johnny Knoxville, too, was okay. If they were to pick two celebrities to go into the Rumble, I would say they made the right choice putting in those two. Right. But you are absolutely right. It just right. shows the roster. It just, you're, you're absolutely right. It shows the roster, shows the incapabilities of, you know, the, the roster that they have right now. Who, whoever's fault that is, maybe it's the booking, maybe it's just all the cuts they've been doing. Who knows? But I got to disagree with you, Dan. I didn't like this Rumble at all. I thought there wasn't any big-time surprises that you would normally see in the Royal Rumble. And it's crazy how two years ago we saw probably the biggest surprise with Edge coming back. Right. And you know how big of a pop that gets in the Royal oh, Rumble, how amazing that is. We didn't get any of that in this Royal Rumble. And to top it all off, too, I mean, the, 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 the ending was just so predictable. So we've seen this time and time again. This is another freaking... John Cena versus Randy Orton, part 1,000, over and over again of Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. It's crazy because Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins had the best match of the Royal Rumble, and yet you still had in the back of your mind that it doesn't matter because either way, it's going to be Brock and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And the Royal Rumble match, the, win, the, the, the results, kind of cemented that too. 
Yes, because having Seth Rollins take down Roman Reigns, it's clearly evident that they're setting up Roman for another matchup with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and there's not going to be like an intervention like there was at WrestleMania 30 when it was supposed to be Randy Orton versus Batista, but all of a sudden Daniel Bryan was just getting so popular that they had to put him in the re- they had just had to put him in the main event. There's not like you don't see that right now in this roster where someone is just so popular that they have to put him in there. The reality is I'm a wrestling fan. You're a wrestling fan. Wrestling right now, I hate to say it, other than AEW for the diehard wrestling fans. It's at an impasse. It's at a very bad impasse. I, in a lot of ways, I think wrestling has overbooked itself in the regards of three-hour Raws are nauseating to Oversaturation. Watch. It's way too much wrestling. I would be much rather go back to two hours. You have your build-up, you tease your main event, you have your main event, and then in, in the words of Tony Schiavone, we're out of time, and you go to break. Mm-hmm. You leave the fans speculating what happened on Raw, and we do not have that right now. They're too involved with social media. They're too involved in extracurricular activities regarding with wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I don't need the violence. I'm not saying I need the violence, the blood and the gore, the chair shots, the the sex. I don't necessarily need that. But you've got to be smarter with the writing. I'm going to say it. Wrestling is not real. We okay? know that. But, but we don't care. But we don't care. And then with that, you have to have true athleticism. Mm-hmm. The glory days of Rey Mysterio, what does he look like underneath the mask? We already know what you look like, Ray. We don't need you to wear a mask no more. The glory days are over with that kind of stuff. So is this a kayfabe thing that you're trying to... Yes. Yes. I want to see more wrestling. I want to see more heat. And when I mean heat, on the mic, creativity with that. Maybe run-ins. Maybe the glory days of NWO. Let's go back to the NWO. When they came out, when Razor and Kevin Nash jumped ship and went to WCW when they came out of the grandstands as a fan you were like is this real what is going on you're not going to probably surprise us with the real factor anymore you're going to surprise us with real athletic ability in the ring right and you know I definitely agree with what you could do in the ring is going to be really important but you also need people to care about you that's what I think AEW is doing really good yes I mean you Think about who's the best heel in the company and in the business right now. You could make an argument. There's a lot more. You know, there's tons of options. But you can make the argument that it's Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, and AEW. Because you've seen, if you've seen any of his promos, you know that dude just shoots from the hip. Yes. And he sounds believable. Even yes. in the age of social media, it doesn't seem like a lot of these superstars are believable. That no, this is not, not really him. That's not really him. No, they're not. And then my, my other take on this when they came up with NXT, it was different. This NXT was around before AEW. And to me, it was a perfect breeding ground to train your wrestlers where they just wrestled because they didn't have the airtime of doing promos and whatnot. And I think that is what has been the difference as far as wrestling goes. Plus, when you look at the roster on WWE, I know you're an Edge fan. I am not. He's 48 years old. Mm-hmm. 
How many truly years do you look at Edge being a big-time player when it becomes for wrestling? But do you know why that is? So I am an Edge fan. I used to hate him, but then after I, once I started to grow up and net more, I realized how good of a wrestler he was. He's, There's a lot of people like me who stopped watching wrestling, who completely abandoned getting, you know, he abandoned watching the the product yes. as a whole. So anytime they see Edge, anytime they see John Cena, a little piece of their childhood starts uh, to come back, no and arguments. that's the people, those are no, the casuals that WWE tries to get back. 100%. If, if Hulk Hogan came out, he'll probably get an amazing pop mm -hmm. because it's Hulk Hogan. That's the same effect with Edge. But my thing is just like Chris Jericho. I love Jericho, but I've seen him ever since I was a kid. I think he's still up. I don't necessarily say he's at the top of his game. He's obviously in his twilight era. But, like, the reality is, like, when Sting wrestles anymore, do you get excited about no, it? No, I want him to stop. I want him to stop. If he's Rick too Flair old. If Ric Flair got back in the ring, do you want to see Ric Flair? Come on. No. Come on. <laughs> he's the dirtiest player in the game. Did you see, the, did you see his TNA matches? That was really, yes. really hard to watch. Yes. But I've always said this when it comes to WWE, a more with WWE than any other organization because they are the king of the mountain mm -hmm. in America. Maybe New Japan is the king of the mountain over yes. in Japan. Yes. But, like, wrestlers like Ric Flair, I still want to see them, but make them managers. Make them do the behind-the-scenes stuff. Let's go back to WrestleMania 20. And it was Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit, that and was Triple, Triple H. H. Yep. That was, in my opinion, and whether what he did outside of the ring, I'm not going into what Benoit yeah, yeah, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that time with wrestling, I had no idea who was going to win that match. No. No one did. And as a fan, we all knew it was fake at that point. But just the the chemistry that all three of those wrestlers did was insane. And Benoit winning was a feel-good moment right after At he won. Time, Eddie Guerrero coming back. Yes, and it's tarnished after what he did outside of the wrestling ring. It's right. awful for his family, the two families that are involved in this tragedy. And look it up. I don't need to discuss it. Right. But that's what makes wrestling so special because at that time, Ric Flair was a manager. Mm -hmm. He went out with Triple H. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to see when it comes to wrestling. That was Triple H oh. at his prime, too. I, so, yes. What you need, if you're going to bring back these classic, cat, like these really built superstars, don't have them wrestle. Don't no. have them win matches. It's build just, up the competition. Yes. Build up the young stars. Yes. It's just like seeing Brock Lesnar now. I have nothing against Brock, but Brock is 44. He's obviously in the twilight of his career. Right. That's the other problem. You are you don't have no – besides Roman, who do you have is the Mount Rushmore of the company brand that they're building it after? No one. No one. Bobby Lashley's 45. If we saw John Cena, it's the same thing. He's 44. And you know what? There was also talks of The Rock coming back to fight Roman Reigns, which... That's fine, but, like, I don't see The Rock being an every-down-night no, wrestler. Not He's at not. All. Not at all. He's a movie star now. Rock is 49. Do you really think The Rock is going to be lacing up his boots every night? The no, he'll come back. He'll come back, and I'm fine for that. But they all leave. They go on. He would to different probably only come back to for special put, reasons. Put another superstar over. He would probably put Roman over. That's the only reason he would come back. But everyone else, I mean, like who's who's the second most with Roman? Probably Rollins. Rollins. And he right doesn't. Now. He doesn't have the the pedigree. No, of like and, the and other me, superstars. To me, he's one of the best wrestlers. Another wrestler that I've always felt that that didn't get the same shake is Dolph Ziggler. Mm -hmm. I never understand why we build him up. 
when he won his first title and he cashed in his money in the bank and everybody like freaked out. Why do we not use him? There's I, a lot of them. Cesaro, of them. Rusev, uh, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt. I'll give you another one that never really got any clout. Woo, 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 Zack Ryder. Oh, yeah. He's got the look. He's not the greatest wrestler, mm-hmm. but he's a pretty good wrestler. And he obviously had social media following. Right. And they don't utilize him. Some of this is Vince is set in his ways. Some of it, they don't have the gimmick for them. But as a purist wrestling fan like you and me, it is frustrating to not see an opportunity like that. Just like Bobby Lashley. Remember, Lashley wrestled once before in the WWE. Mm -hmm. And the first time, he didn't really have that big of a run. No. And to me, it's now, when when you look at wrestling, it's like, oh, damn, I missed that opportunity. And I'm thinking in Vince's perspective. And now it's like, well, let's bring him back in the mix and we'll try it again. And look at him now. There's two names, in my opinion, that really don't make any sense as to why they were not main inventors for a long time. Mm. Samoa Joe. Absolutely. And Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Two wrestlers that you could have done something with. The and fiend, really, The Fiend was one of the best things WWE was doing. And before that, when it was the Wyatt family. That was one of the greatest gimmicks. I'm going to say it because I know you're a huge fan of this wrestler. But when Bray Wyatt came out, there was one other wrestler that I was like, he could match him up and he could be the the aura of everybody talks about. Taker. Thank you. That's what the Wyatt family was doing. And then when he transferred to The Fiend, and now look at Wyatt. We Gone. don't even see him. We don't know where he's going we yet. We don't know. No one knows. Maybe he's still working out an arrangement with WWE. I don't know. But he's a guy that's only 34 years of age, and we don't know what he's doing. The booking on him was awful. You got a guy that he's got family brand. His dad is IRS, for goodness sakes. Yep. His brother is a part of it. Bo Daniels. And you don't do nothing with Bray Wyatt. Now, obviously, one of those the members of the Wyatt family, he's passed away. And I'm drawing a blank on his name Rest right now. Rest in peace, John Huber. Thank you. But that was a perfect opportunity, but that's another problem with Vince. If you're not his boy, meaning trips, he squashes stables. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give a damn about the tag teams. And that was a per- that Bray Wyatt could have been the greatest heel character you could have had for a long time. But he goes back to his boys like Brock Lesnar. That's fine. I love Brock. I'm a Brock guy. I'm fine with Heyman and all that. But you don't do anything with Stables. Eventually, you'll get tired of it. Like, we got tired of Cena versus Orton time and That's time right. again. Um, there was a lot of, you know, John Cena got a lot of heat. And it seems like it's destined to repeat itself with Roman Reigns and everything and all of these. You know, this title run has just been a really, really, really long title run. Who knows if it's going to end. Because they don't have anybody. That's Because the they're problem. not giving him a chance. No. AJ Styles is another one, and then we'll put the bed, uh, the bow to on this podcast. But AJ Styles is another one. Yeah, he's been champion, but I don't look at him as like that. Do you really look at AJ Styles as the pedigree of the wrestler in the WWE? And Not I anymore. Bet if you asked him point blank, if you asked him, I bet he would say that his run in the WWE is like not exactly the way he was probably hoping. But he's getting paychecks, so he's going to keep his mouth shut and be happy with. Right. It. I mean, the AJ Styles. Whatever he does for the future is definitely going to be considered one of the greatest wrestlers ever, given what he did at TNA and at New Japan. But 
you know, it's one of those things where like, oh, you know what, AJ's time as a big time main event top of the line guy in WWE kind of ran its course, I feel like, right now. Yes. He's still a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong. But he's 44 too. He's another one that how long do you really see him going? Maybe five more years, six right, more years. Right. And and a and a guy like Styles is another guy like like Bray Wyatt. I'm not saying they can't, but when I look at both of those superstars, I see them as just wrestlers. Right. I could see Bobby Lashley being a movie star. He's got the look. He's got the build. He's got everything. But great you, point. That's a great point. But when you look at AJ Styles and Bray Wyatt, do you see them other than wrestlers? No. no. That's another thing. Uh, but the other one that you mentioned, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe was a star with TNA. He Huge. was amazing Huge. in TNA. If you saw him, this was the time whenever, like, you know, Jeff Hardy was there. Uh, you know, Flair was doing being doing manager stuff. It was AJ Styles was still there. Samoa Joe, though, was absolutely fantastic. Yes. But and he's another guy that doesn't have the squandered. build. He's not big. He doesn't have the blonde hair. He doesn't have the flowing long hair. They squandered him yes, in WWE. Yes, there's a lot of wrestlers. And, and as a wrestling fan... This is why I get upset because there's certain wrestlers that they just take a crap on. I'm just going to say it literally. That's what they do. You know, and if you go to the WWE's website and you go to rosters, this tells you how bad it is. But when if you go to their website, they list the same wrestlers over and over because they don't have wrestlers anymore. The talent pool is low. And on the women's side, you got you got a couple other ones that I feel like their gimmicks have played its course. Asaka. Becky Lynch. I don't think Becky Lynch is as popular as she once was with the man gimmick. Mm -hmm. It's ran its course. And then it's nice to see finally wrestlers that uh, that they finally do stuff with. Biggie Langston. But even him, he's getting towards the Big end of e his just career. Got Kofi, Big E, had a good run, feel-good moment. Completely gone once and Roman and Brock And Biggie's only 35, but I still don't think they're using him to his full potential. Right. So... Well, that will do an edition of this week's Johnny and the Hawk podcast. The next time you will see us, we'll probably be talking about a Super Bowl champ. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Hawk. I'm Johnny Resendez. We'll see you guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Remember, you can follow Johnny Resendez as well as Dan Hawk on Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening to Johnny and the Hawk. Also, for all the latest Oklahoma sports, check on newson6.com.